Andrew is the Aussie bloke living in the U.S. Heather is the American gal living in Australia. Together, they travel the world sharing strategies on how to put your business on autopilot. Doing business online is no longer about having a website. To get more clients and take care of the ones you have, you will need a map. They've got it. So sit back and relax and welcome aboard. This flight is bound to autopilot your business. On today's podcast, we're talking about content collection. Not curation, but how do you collect content? Have you picked up our online survival guide yet? Get prepped for the future of online marketing by going to www.aybguide.com. Hey everybody, this is Andrew McCauley. Welcome to podcast number 45. This is number 45 in our series of podcasts and today we are talking about content collection. How do you get content? Sometimes it's hard to think of content for your blog posts and your social posts how on earth can you come up with content that you need to come up with on a regular basis to help me break all this down and give you the rundown of where we get our content from, the fabulous Heather Porter. Hey, uh, yes, here I am. Hello, Andrew. Hello, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in. We, we love having you join us. Yeah, and when we were talking about what, what are we going to do on this podcast and we we're like, uh, should we do this, should we do that? And we thought, you know, we've spoken a lot about content creation, how to create content for your, uh, for your listeners, your readers, or your followers. But we'd never really spoke about, sometimes you just get stuck. Sometimes you just don't know where on earth you're going to get that next inspiration from. So today's uh, podcast is all about the places that we use to get our content, our ideas, to keep it flowing, to get our news, if you like. And we thought we'd share some of those with people today. Yeah, because you know what I found? One of the biggest things that holds people back from actually creating their web presence online is the whole issue of content. I don't know what it is, but we all struggle, or at least most of us struggle, on trying to talk about ourselves or our business or um, where to get ideas. And it can be a huge roadblock. So these tools that we're about to share are incredibly helpful and handy. And they're not only going to help you find places to get amazing content in your industry, but also make it easy for you to share um, information as well. Because when it's at your fingertips and it's really great content and you really want to share it, it's easy to share at that point. Yeah, and you know what? Sometimes these aren't even tools. They're even they may be even just parts of a tool that you already use and know and yeah. love. Um, we're just going to show you some other aspects of how you can use some of these platforms or tools. That we are. But before we start sharing these little morsels with you, hey Andrew, what did you learn this week? <laughs> hey Heather, I learned um, I learned a stack of things this week. Actually, I am. I'm digging back into my marketing books and my um, my marketing brain is back on because, um, as you know, we've got a number of products coming up on the market and we've got a whole range of other things that we want to get out and tell people about. So I'm, I'm learning some marketing stuff. But I also, um, as part of our online footprint magazine, um, do a regular hangout with our very good friend, Elaine Lindsay, all about Google Plus and Google Hangouts. And... Um, we were speaking yesterday about all of the changes that Google just unleashed just yesterday. There's 18 new changes that they've um, they've spat out in Google Hangouts and Google Plus, 
Um, one of them I want to tell you about, which is really fascinating, and I just told you before the show, and uh, I know it sort of blows your mind about what can be done. <laughs> yeah. But um, so to give you the idea, you know when you when you get a digital camera, everyone's got a digital camera, or even your iPhone or your, your smartphone, and you take a photo, and that photo has a label, it has to have a name, and usually it's something like IMG37464, you know, some random number, some random number. And so you download them all onto your, your desktop. And then if you want to go and find the photo of, um, you know, your dog playing at the beach with the Golden Gate Bridge in the background, for instance, you've got to go and through and look at each one of those photos, right? Because you didn't tag it properly. You didn't name it. I mean, who? let's face it, how many people really name all of their photos? Yeah. You know, in the old days when you used to take photos uh, and print them up, you would write on the back of them, well, some people would, write on the back of where, where it was, who was in the photo. But these days, because we're taking so many photos, it just doesn't make sense to, to tag every single photo with a rel- relevant description. So what Google are doing now is they're, they're using machine learning. And what it's doing is it's going through photos and it can now recognize things like a dog. It knows what a dog is. It knows what a bridge is. It knows what a sunset is. It knows what um, you know a Japanese kimono <laughs> looks like. So when you type in looking for dog with beach, a uh, dog with bridge in the background sort of thing, it will know which photos to deliver in the search results. That's a bit creepy, but also really cool at the same time. Well, you know what? And you can also start, and I believe this is also happening, is that you can train it. Um, you know, we've got all this face recognition stuff. So if I've got a bunch of photos and I'm like, I want to find Heather Porter, photos of Heather Porter, and it'll spit back all of the photos with you in it because it's already recognized your face. Wow. Yeah, scary stuff, but amazing what's happening. I mean, this is stuff that you you only thought about. I mean, I, I remember thinking about this 10 years ago, thinking, God, you'd never be able to do that. That would take someone forever to program something like that. But hey, it didn't take forever. It took 10 years. So mm. that's what I'm learning. That's what I learned this week is that the world is getting crazier, smaller, and creepier. <laughs> nice, nice one, Andrew. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What did you learn this week? I know you've been busy doing a whole bunch of stuff too. Yeah. What crossed your desk? I've been straight into systems all week doing mad email autoresponders and systems setup. So I'm not exactly in a creative headspace. But what has come across uh, as a theme this week is turning around a negative experience with a client into a positive one. And as a business owner, mm-hmm. I know all you guys know what I'm talking about. You know, you get the client that comes in, you and the client have the best intentions for a brilliant working relationship, and then something happens, whether it's a fault of yours or your team or miscommunications. Like, there's so much stuff that can happen, really, let's face it. But what's incredibly powerful yeah. is when you are able to take responsibility for what's happened and turn it into positive and actually get more research on how to improve what you're doing as a business. And what happens is I, I suppose when these clients come across and they're, they tend to be a bit of a challenge, I have a personal vendetta to actually turn around the situation. I think, how can I turn the situation around so they come out a raving fan? And whatever's yeah. happening here, how can I implement this in my business to make our systems better, our staff more you know, um, hands-on with the client, whatever we need to have happen. So there's two clients in particular that I know Andrew, you and I were talking through, and one of them has been really, you know, it's been a long ongoing challenge. And just today, 
I think we finally turned him around. You know, he's finally saying like, this, this, you guys are incredible. I actually still want, I still want to work with you guys, you know? So that's one. And then look, there, there's another one that refers us an incredible amount of business and we were doing stuff for her and unfortunately some things slipped through the cracks. So we actually use as an opportunity to tighten our systems and really reach out to her and build a better relationship with her. And she came back and said, I love how you guys take responsibility. And since then she's already referred to uh, like three new clients. So what if I learned is don't try and run around, around, I can't even talk. Don't try and run away from these negative experiences and stress them, stress yourself out and hide your head under the covers. Use them as an experience to reach out even more to that client because in the end, if you can turn them around into a raving fan, your your whole business is going to turn around as a result. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. I um I remember I've spoken at a few events where, you know, somebody's put their hand up and they're like, "You know, I don't want to be on Facebook because I don't want people writing negative stuff about our, our business. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's a really interesting attitude to take mm-hmm. on that sort of stuff. Because, you know, some people, in the old, uh, they have this old view of, you know, if you're on Facebook, people are going to write negative stuff. Well, here's my, my opinion of that sort of thing is give them somewhere to write it because then you can control it. If you control the platform, then you can control the, how, the, um, how the outcome eventuates. Um, what I said to this person was, you know, if you don't do that, they are still going to write something bad about you somewhere that you're not going to know of. And you'll never know where to go and fix it. But give them somewhere to write it so you can show it. And often, 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 I hear people who take that approach and they give a platform like a Facebook page or a Google Plus page or LinkedIn group or whatever. um, they, They give it. But when they publicly fix the situation... Other people say, wow, I like the way that those people reacted to the situation. I'm going to go and do business with them now too. And they actually collect more business from it rather than trying to push it under the carpet and and try and say it doesn't exist because it's going to exist. So, you know, don't, I mean, you don't want to have these situations in the first place, but they're going to pop up. You know, we, we weren't, ex- we didn't plan to have these situations for our business, but for whatever reason that no, I'm not going to go into it, but for whatever reason, we didn't have control over the reasons that this situation eventuated, but we still had to take responsibility and say, well, at the end of the day, it is our responsibility because we've, um, we're doing some work for them and, uh, it didn't turn out the way we wanted it, but we needed to make it work because if we turn, if we put under the carpet, these people we work with are very well connected. You know, all of our all of our customers are well connected in their industries. Yeah, we don't we don't want that word getting out to people saying that we we just push things under the carpet and run away. Absolutely, and you know what? The bigger you get as a business owner, and and the more people you work with, the more criticism you're going to face. It's just part of how it works. So I yep. love what you suggested about allowing them to have a space to tell you where you can improve, and the power is in really really listening to that. Because there is validity in most comments that come through the door. If you kind of read between the lines and look at what really they're, what's really upsetting them about perhaps the working relationship, you can fix it. Take responsibility. That's part of being a business owner is to take responsibility for your business and your staff and everything you're doing. So yeah, it's been a it's been a good little learning and and a one even more wonderful learning, I suppose, that we were able to turn this around and make it really positive for all involved. So yeah. Um, so let's get into it. Let's talk about, uh, look, I'd love for you to start leading this little bit because these three tools are things that you actually 
taught me about when we were together in in Sydney for our latest event, our fireside chat event we just did. And you actually showed me how to set them up and talked me through it. And as a result, I now have it on my iPad. So talk us through what are these amazing little tools that you have? Well, I guess um, I guess it came about. There's uh, maybe I'll take a few steps back before I get into the tools and just talk about the how how they work. Um, most websites these days has the have those little orange icons, the RSS icons, and and maybe I'm just going to talk a little bit about RSS right now, just to because a lot of people don't understand what RSS really does. They're not sure what's the point of it. They see some weird code and think, well, what 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 does that do? Now, RSS is basically having your own newspaper. So I want you to think about this. You go to the local newspaper, wherever you live, you, you go to the, the news agent or the, wherever you buy your newspaper from, and you won't read 100% of that newspaper. You know, you, there'll be sections that you'll read. You might read the front page, the, the you might read the business section, you may read the sports section, you may leave out the classifieds in the middle. You may um, not even look at the financial part of the paper, but there'll be parts of that newspaper you don't read. What RSS does is basically lets you almost like creating your own news source of the things that you want to read and not all of the stuff that some publication is pushing onto you so when you go and see uh, when you go to a website and you see some interesting information from somebody somebody writing a blog and you think well I really like what they write they're writing regularly and we're talking about content creation um, they're writing regular pieces of information that I really want to see more of clicking on the RSS icon lets you put it into what they call a reader um, and a reader collates all of the information into one spot for you so that you don't have to keep going back to that website. So when that owner writes a new blog post the next day, you don't have to go back to the website to see if he's written a new blog post. It automatically gets put into this thing called a reader um, and you can have as many different blog posts all sending their information directly back to your reader. So you've got one easy spot to read your news for the day or the week or however you however often you want to read it. Now Google had a very very good reader and they called it funnily enough Google Reader um, <laughs> and they decided as Google can and do close it down because they didn't want to use it anymore. Now thousands of people, thousands and thousands of people got really up in arms about it because it was a great product. It was a really good uh, tool that a lot of people used, but they didn't care. They didn't even ask people. They just said, today we're shutting it down. Uh, in six weeks, you've got six weeks to get rid of all of your feeds, move it out and uh, find something new. So now all of these new readers have popped up. So there are a mountain of readers out there that you can use. Um, I'm not going to tell you every one of them because that would be crazy and we'd go forever. But the one ones that I do like, um, I like Feedly, F-E-E-D-L-Y. Feedly is a good reader. Um, so when I go to a new blog post and I see something new, I look for the RSS icon and I click on that and I'll add it to my Feedly reader. Um, and I can, so just, just letting you know, inside a reader, when, when you get to the reader, you can read the article. It'll look like, it'll look like a, um, either a website or it'll look like a news article. Um, you can use Feedly and a lot of these um, apps you can use on an iPad or an iPhone if you want to read it from your iPhone. You can even read it on your desktop as well. So there's a number of um, different different um, places to read it. My, my preferred choice is using my iPad so I can sit down on the couch. I can use it like a newspaper. I just read my newspaper in the morning. I see what's up to date. Yep. So 
Um, there's another one called Mr. Reader. Now, Mr. Reader, I believe, is only an iPad app. And um, the way I use it is I actually, it actually sucks my Feedly feeds into my Mr. Reader app. Now, why would I want to do this? I like the way that Mr. Reader is structured so that I can quickly look at the main headlines and the snippets, which is the key first sentence or two of that article. And I quickly determine whether I want to read that article or not. So the way I do it is I flick through because I've, I've, I've actually um, joined a lot of blogs. So I've got a lot of information coming through every single day. So, you know, if I don't read my reader for about three or four days, I might have a thousand articles wow. piled up, piled up. So a lot of it I don't read. A lot of it I flick through. And sometimes I just need to read headlines to get the gist of the story because I'm, I'm, in, I'm in it that much. So I'll flick through Mr. Mr. Reader. And I'll find out what is it that I need to read. If there's something that I want to read for later, I'll put it, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll share it and I'll share it to a place called Pocket. Pocket is another form of reader. Um, I like Pocket for the layout that it has. I can read it the way I want to read it if I've got time to read stuff. So my Mr. Reader basically in the mornings lets me go through and quickly determine what I want to read later in the day or that night. Um, so I share it to Pocket. Um, from there, from my Mr. Reader, I can also share it to other places. I can share it straight to my Twitter feed or my LinkedIn feed. I can share it to my Facebook. Um, I can put it to my Evernote account if I want to use Evernote. I'm not sure if people have used Evernote, but it's like a scrapbook, if you like, of collecting information. So I put it in there. Um, but they're my main things that I use so, to, to collect information. And I, I love them. And the reason why I think you know, for those that are newer to feeds and trying to even understand what that is, basically what it just means is you don't have to go scouring around the internet and trying to even remember which websites you like to read or which experts you like to follow. You use these tools so you're literally at one time and one time only finding the URLs to their feeds or to their websites. And um, that's a whole other little topic. But basically, as Andrew was saying, there's a normally an orange button on their site that says RSS. You're finding these once and one time only, and then you're adding them into your reader. So then now you have all the information at your fingertips, you know, right there in that one place. And it saves you a tremendous amount of time. But I know for me, when I start to, um, whenever I'm at a live event or whenever I'm learning something new, I always want to collect that expert into my sort of inner circle of information. And oftentimes if I don't have tools like this, I'll forget who that person is or I'll forget to go to their website or forget to read up on them in, in their social media. And what this episode's all about is basically saying one time you set something up, then you have news at your fingertips from all the places that you value most. And by having that in front of you, you're not only constantly learning what's going on in your industry or in your space, but you're very easily able to share this information and, and use it in your own blog posts or your own social media posts. So I love these tools and I'm now using them on my iPad as well since Andrew came through and taught me how. So thanks for sharing those that information. Yeah, I just want to clarify, if, if that all sounded really confusing go to one just use feedly just use one of them and just read feedly you Good can get point. feedly on your app just have a look at feedly check out what's going on you don't need to have it all synced up like i do i'm a bit of a techie geek like that so i like to do <laughs> that sort of stuff but um just use one um and it's going to keep you up to date in your industry so yeah um feedly would be the one that i would use from the start perfect 
so that's so that's news H. That's that's how to get news from from various blogs. But there's a couple of other other places too that you can go and um, find information if you want to go to their site, which is actually um, like a curating curator of information as well. One of my favorites is called alltop.com. Have you ever been to that? I ha- yeah, I absolutely have been to there and I get ideas from that site. So it's kind of what, like little snippets of newsworthy information that, that's rising in trend around the internet? No, well, Alltop does a couple of things. Um, basically, it's a con- it's a, a uh, collation of news everywhere, but it'll actually yeah. send you to the full article. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, if you're going to go, if you go to Alltop and you're looking for, um, let's say, you let's say you're looking for uh, horses, you're into horses and you want to find out about horses, you type in horses in the search bar and it will come back with a whole range of different blogs that have been posted about horses. So you can go and check it out. Um, and that way you might find some uh, relevant horses, horse information that you may want to go then uh, put into your RSS feed. Would you say that this is a good, yeah, like it's a good discovery place really for not only getting ideas, but also discovering experts and people talking about things in your space as well, right? Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, go. You can go and find um, hot topics of what's uh, all of all of the content about hot topics that re- relevant to that subject. You can find out new topics. You can find out um, recent topics. So there's a whole range of different things you can you can find out. And uh, I love all top because it does collect information very very well. And there's another one that I like to use, which is a little bit more general, but it's called upworthy.com, and it's a curation site. So basically they have um, all these contributors that post positive, upbeat sort of humanity pieces, so things that make you laugh or smile or, you know, reconnect with humans (laughs) that way. But it's a great place if you're looking for emotive pieces to put on your, your blogs or social media because, as we know, the emotional pieces work really well for, you know, getting engagement. This is a great site to get ideas of things to share, and it makes it very easy as well for you to share them across all of your networks. So Upworthy is another great one, just for general feel-good sort of content. Hey, now I want to go back to you. Just, um, you just said a couple of things before about, you know, you're at an event and you're listening to the speak and you want to find out more about it. Yeah. Um, one, of, one of the things that a lot of people don't realize that you can do is use some of your social sites to start collating information too. Yeah. So, so you know, for instance, let's say you're at an event and you've got um, Mary Smith is a speaker, and you like what she's talking about. Um, you, you can find, and let's say she gives out her Twitter name. She says, "Oh, my my Twitter name is at Mary Smith." For instance, um, you go and find Mary Smith. You can add her to a list. You can start creating a list of people that you want to follow on Twitter. So you might find other experts just like Mary Smith and you can put them all into a Twitter list for you. So you can go into your Twitter account, click on that list and you'll see only tweets from those people in the list. It's a great way to find out what are your industry leaders talking about on a regular basis and how can you use that information to share with your people as well. I I love this tool because so basically you in somebody's profile, there's a little option for you when you're logged into, say, Twitter, and then you just um, you can add them to a list that you create, and you can have multiple lists. So you might have mentors, you might have um, you know movers and shakers in your industry, but you mm-hmm. name these lists, and then you add them into a list, and then on the homepage of Twitter, and correct me if I'm wrong, then you can sort by the list. So then everybody added to that list, only their tweets show up. Is that right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and what you can also do is there may be someone who's already created lists with your f- 
with your um, favorite experts in there already. So yes. you can actually, there are lists out there that are public. So you may go and find other lists that already have those people in it. And you can just say, I want to follow this list as well. And you can just see what that, that person's uh, created for you. They've created the list already done for you. So um, there's that on Twitter. You can do the same on Facebook as well. You know, you can create um, people that you follow on Facebook and put them into a, to a list. You know, I've got a, um, a list of people that I follow regularly on my Facebook account. I've tagged them, I put them into the list. And I know that as soon as I click on that, my news feed is only those people that I wanted in that list. So I can quickly see what that group of people are doing and I can respond to them without having to sift through thousands and thousands of posts. Because, you know, once you start getting more than, um, you know, a couple of hundred people, you know, I've, another thing I learned today was the average Facebook uh, person has a uh, 330 friends now on Facebook. A couple of years ago, four or five years ago, it was 130. Now it's 330. So once you start building up that list, um, you want to clean out your newsfeed, put lists in place to help you do that. Yeah, look, it's a great tool. And like you were saying, when you are in an event, what you guys might want to do is, is st- just to, to start is put a list together called mentors, for example, or, you know, people that you want to learn from, and then just make it a mental note every time you come across one to add them into these lists. If you do nothing more, you know, and then this way, not only are you getting their newsworthy information, but you can also communicate, share their posts, comment on their posts much easier because you're screening out all the other stuff that's happening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Google Plus has circles. You can do the same with Google Plus. Um, so you put people in circles. You can watch circles. You can look at communities now. Um, Google Plus has brought in communities. So you can put people in communities. You create your own community to bring people in. Mm-hmm. Um, but circles circles is a way to really concentrate and uh, follow people in, in those circles. Um, what else? LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn, you know, there's groups in LinkedIn. Follow the people in, in groups on LinkedIn uh, go to groups and check out who's in a specific group and see what they're posting. There's a great place for inspiration about content for your um for your marketing there as well and LinkedIn. So that's LinkedIn. H, do you use um do you use groups for your LinkedIn stuff? No, but I actually use influencers, which is under it's another area in LinkedIn where um, I believe it's under interests. If you're logged into your LinkedIn account under interests, there's a little drop down there that says influencers, and it's just movers and shakers around the world in business, primarily in professionals. Um, and it comes up on a page that almost looks like Pinterest, where it's a pin board of all these these visual posts. And I can add a very quick snapshot, see what I guess the, the heads of different industries and different um, businesses are doing around the world. And I love that because, again, LinkedIn is much more used for newsworthy or I should say professional space. So to get news at a snapshot from the professional space is always um, handy for me. Yeah, those influencers are very, very good. You know what? They they started off with about 100 influencers. And then what they did was um, they've increased the number of influencers. So there's all sorts of different people around the world now who have been added to that LinkedIn influencer list. So pretty powerful stuff. Uh, one of the other things that I was going to talk about is that you can tag your friends and your connections on LinkedIn as well. So if you've met certain people or you've connected with people on LinkedIn as um, various experts in different fields, you can tag them on your um, on your connections so that people... Uh, you can do a search by your tagged connections and let you filter people on your LinkedIn list that way too. I love it. I mean, who would have known that looking at social media, it overwhelms all of us in the best of times, you know? So if you look at these tools, gosh, it it allows us to extract the information that we really want to hear really easily. 
Yeah, and it's pretty powerful. I, what, you know, before we wrap up this call, because I know we're getting to the end of it, yeah. there's one other thing tool that you and I both use um, for collation, and we use it. We, both of us use it in different ways, and that is a thing called Paperly. Paper.ly. Yes. I think we've spoken about this on our podcast before. Hey, tell us how you use it. We have. It's a great tool. Well, right now, currently, uh, I'll talk about a couple of our clients and how they're using it. So we have set up Paperly's, which essentially, again, it's, it's almost like a reader, but this time it's packaged into a newsletter, which allows you, if you want to, not only do you pull feeds in, but you can use it as a, as a newsletter that you give to your own database or your list. But a couple of our clients don't even use it like that. They actually use it as a reader. And what they've done is put it on a page in their website. They've chosen a whole bunch of feeds from websites in their industry. And everything comes through into that newsletter. And they use it internally for their team as step one. So their team actually has access to this hidden web page that's not part of the menu on their website. And, and the team can go in and see what's going on in the news in the industry. But then they also use it to build commentary for their own newsletter. So instead of, you know, setting up, because not everyone's a technical whiz kid like Andrew is. <laughs> so they don't, instead of setting up the, the feed leads and all these crazy readers and all these tools, which they would completely get lost with, instead... They just have the paperly and they use that as their reader and then they go and write commentary based on what's going on. So both the clients are using it like this and it's it's an incredible tool. And who would have thought you used paperly in that way? But talk to me a little bit more about how um, some other ways that we use it. Well, I guess one of, one of the one of the things it's like, it's almost like a, a reader where um, a reader collects blog posts and that sort of stuff. What you can do with your paperly and what, what, how I use it is it collects a lot of the social commentary and the social information that's being sent. So, um, you know, I'll put people's uh, Twitter accounts uh, ID in there and they'll um, that will collate every tweet that they do. I'll put in uh, Facebook feeds and that sort of thing. So I'm collecting people's social signals as well as a few blog posts at the same time. But it gives me another point to read people's uh, collective um, information that they're sending out to the world. Mm. You can have your own paperly, you can have your own paper for all of your um, for all of your competitors, right? So all of your competitors' information is coming to you in one newspaper. Imagine having that. Imagine having a newspaper full of your competitors' information of what they're doing every every minute of the day. Pretty, <laughs> pretty cool stuff, eh? Uh, it's amazing. I mean, and I think that's the power of information right now is as we are in an information age is – how you how you get it, how you process it, and how you use it in your business, and using your competitors' information to do market research is brilliant. Now it's never been easier to follow what all of your competitors are doing because you just literally have all their feeds going into one place. I know it's awesome. It's right. it's a it's a it's a cool tool that I can tell you not many people are using it. So no. think about that. Think about what you're putting out and what people what other people could be potentially looking at what you're doing too or lack of. So keep that in mind as well. <laughs> yeah. Now, guys, as always, we put the links to all these little uh, resources and apps and things that we've talked about today on our website in our show notes, and you can pop on over to autopilotyourbusiness.com forward slash podcast and just find this episode and in the show notes we'll have all the links there waiting for you yay hey i was at a uh, i was at an event recently and i had a guy who came up and said hey i love the show love the podcast his name's tom tom from brisbane shout out to tom thanks for uh thanks for listening tom appreciate you uh giving us the feedback and hope you're listening again to this show too 
<laughs> thanks, Tom. And thanks, everybody, for all of your support on our social media accounts. Please pop on by and leave us a review on iTunes or a comment on our website. We'd love to hear what you think and ask us a question because we're more than happy to bring it into our next episode and answer it for you. Hey, that was fun, H. I, I liked doing that episode. It was good yeah. to talk about content collection. And uh, if you've got any other ways you collect content, let us know. We'd love to hear them. Put them in the comments of the uh, blog post uh, for this podcast. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Don't forget All to right. leave us a review on uh, iTunes as well. Yes, please. Hey, uh, H, get back into that system stuff of yours. And uh, you lead such an exciting life, I tell you. This week, yeah. It's not been that exciting. But <laughs> next week, hopefully, I can cross back up over into content creation where I, I like to live. <laughs> yay, yay. All right. Coolio. All have right. fun. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, guys. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Make sure to grab our free business automation guide now and get access to other special bonuses. Head on over to aybpodcast.com. All passengers and cabin crew should now be seated with their seatbelts securely fastened. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first officer speaking. On behalf of your captains, Andrew McCauley and Heather Porter, we would like to thank you for taking the journey with us to autopilot your business. You are now closer to putting your own business on autopilot using the Internet. Of course, if you would like to rack up some frequent flyer points, visit our website, www.autopilotyourbusiness.com, or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash autopilotyourbusiness. These frequent flyer points are totally useless, but the information is gold. Until we fly again, happy travels.